In his second letter to Timothy, the Apostle Paul writes these words, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and by his kingdom, preach the word. Be urgent, in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. Be unfailing in patience and in teaching. This is In Season and Out of Season, a Bible teaching ministry with Father Tom DiLorenzo. Good day, it's Father Tom and Anthony today. The 11th chapter of St. Luke, it says Jesus was praying in a certain place. I'm going to tell you, no one prayed like Jesus. No one prayed like the Lord. It was the presence of the Father that was all over him. And the disciples, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. They want what Jesus has, Amen. and they cannot have it on their own. It's got to be a gift. Teach us to pray. As John taught his disciples, Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Holy is the name of the Father. Glory to the name of the Father. Holy to the name of the Father. Your kingdom come in another place. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I've told you over and over again, and Anthony's told you over and over again, it's about heaven, that the kingdom would come on the earth as it is in heaven. And in heaven there's no gossiping going on. In heaven, there's no sickness going on. In heaven, there's no demons going on. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And a lot of the fathers talked about the Eucharist as the daily bread that we would receive day by day. And forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone indebted to us. If we don't forgive, we are not forgiven. It's as simple as that. And we need to forgive. I have someone who calls me that hates the Jewish people, and I just hung up on them when he was cursing them. I don't know what the Jewish people did to him, but he needs to repent. He needs to forgive. He needs to let go. What about you? Who do you need to let go of that hurt you? Who do you need to let go of that sinned against you? Who do you need to let go of that sinned against you? And do not bring us to the time of trial, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I've given for a penance people to pray the Our Father slowly. Yes, yeah, slowly, not Our Father, what in heaven hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. No, no, no. Our Father, who art in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread, the Eucharist, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. It's a perfect prayer. Jesus gave it to us. It is not the Lord's Prayer, it's the disciples' prayer. The Lord's Prayer is John 17, that they would be one as in thee, and thou art in me. This is the disciples' prayer. And why did he give it? Because one of the disciples asked, teach us how to pray, as John the Baptist taught his followers. Prayer, it's just so profound. When it starts off with our Father, when we begin to pray, we want to bring our attention to God the Father, realizing we're addressing a person. We're addressing God. We're speaking directly to Father God. For all who received him to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. When we received Jesus, God became our father and we became his children. And he's a good father. This is why the word tells us unless we do not become like children, we cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But when we pray, we want to be like obedient children looking upon our Father and knowing that we are not just praying. You're not just speaking to the world. You're speaking directly through to, to God the Father. And you know when we receive Jesus, we're adopted into the family. And it's only then where God truly becomes your Father. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. This isn't only a prayer, it's a prophecy. This is a prophecy that Jesus said it, and his word never comes void. So when Jesus told the apostles, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that means heaven is coming. The kingdom of God is here, and it wants to invade your life. And it wants to invade your life. These are not just words. That's what the Lord showed me. This is a prophecy from Jesus. And every time an Our Father goes up, as a, as a body of Christ, we are praying that the kingdom of God comes upon earth and it is coming closer and closer and more closer to us. So, Lord, we thank you for that. We bless you for that. My favorite part of the prayer is, Thy will be done. Do we pray for God's will? When you don't know what to pray, just pray that God's will be done in your life. God's will be done on earth. And when we say, Lord, I just want your will, not my will, that is the perfect prayer, and heaven comes down and, uh, and invades you. Today I was reading the Surrender Novena, and Jesus says that... When, I, when you say to me, thy will be done, which is the same as saying you take care of it, I will intervene with all my omnipotent and I will resolve the most difficult situations. Many times when I pray, I just pray, Lord, thy will be done. Because he says, when you pray, thy will be done, that God comes with all his omnipotence, all of his glory, all of his goodness, 
and he begins to resolve the most difficult situation in your life because God knows what you need. And when we surrender to him, he does it all. He does it all. And that's what he wants to do through the Holy Spirit. Lead us not into temptation. And you know what? What brings you into temptation, you've got to let go of. You've got to let go of, because that's sin. That's sin. Whenever somebody is playing on the uh, computer and looking at dirty pictures, you've got to let go of that. You've got to let go of that. You've got to put a stop on that. You've got to get a, another application that doesn't let you watch those dirty things. You know what I say to you? Just think it was your sister that's showing herself to you. You soon close the book. You soon close the computer if it was your sister. But it's someone's sister, I'll tell you. And we need to be very careful as to what our eyes look at because we were made to look at the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit and all the saints. Verse 5, and he said to them, Suppose one of, your, one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answered from within, Don't bother me. The door has already been closed and locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. We need to be persistent in prayer. We need to continue to believe that God's going to change our children. We pray for the Simpson family, that Jesus would touch them and that they would be converted, that they would have a new life. That's what we pray for. When people ask me, pray for my children that they come back to church, I pray that God would convert their hearts so that they'd want to come back to church. You see, that's what it's all about, conversion of the heart, conversion of the soul, we would not be here if the Lord did not touch us in conversion. And conversion goes on. It's not only the time that happened to me in 1968. It's now. God wants to convert me. He wants his will to be done in me on earth as it is in heaven. Augustine tells us, in his will is our peace. In his will is our peace. So I say to you, ask, it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. You say, I've knocked, I've knocked, I've knocked. Keep on knocking until you get bloody knuckles. Keep on knocking. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who searches finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you, if your son asks you for a fish, 
would give him a snake instead of a fish, or if your son asked for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Are we asking for the Holy Spirit? This is the greatest gift. Father, give me the Holy Spirit. Father, I surrender to your Holy Spirit. Father, I need the Holy Spirit, the wisdom of God, the love of God, the power of God. Father, I want the Holy Spirit to lead me day in and day out. How much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Much, much more. God doesn't give the Spirit by measure. He wants to pour out the Holy Spirit and infuse you with the divine life. The Holy Spirit, it's not only the power of God, but it's the power to sanctify, to begin to live the life of heaven upon earth, to live this interior life where you're free of sin, free of anxiety, free of trauma, because the Holy Spirit, it's a fire of God's love, and it burns it all out. It washes it all away. The Ruah of God, breathe in the Holy Spirit right now. Take a deep breath. We breathe in the Holy Spirit. And we blow out all our worries, all our anxiety. It is all real. Though God does not give the Holy Spirit by measure. Say, Lord, I want to be filled completely with your Holy Spirit. I want to decrease so you can increase. No more of Anthony. No more of Father Tom. No more of you. Let me just be an empty container to hold the glory of God to hold the Holy Spirit, to come into the inheritance of why you created us, Lord, that we are infused with your power, divinely infused with the power of God by the Holy Spirit. If there's a sin in your life that you can't let go, if there's a trauma that you can't get over, it's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by the Spirit, says the Lord. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we are set free. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that we get to live in the power of God, in the freedom of God. Jesus wants you to be sanctified. We are redeemed, but the Holy Spirit sanctifies us. It gives us a sanctifying power that it just cuts our attachments to the world and it attaches us to heaven. You know, when Father Tom was talking about looking at things on the computer, the Lord reminded me that lust and, and fasting are tied right together. So if we have lust of the flesh, the Lord just, he wants me to release. Fasting is always a way to cut the cords to that. Amen. Verse 24. When an unclean spirit has gone out of a person, it wanders through waterless regions, looking for a resting place, but not finding any. It says, I'm going to return to my house from which I came. When it comes, it finds it swept and in right order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and live there. And the latest state of the person is worse than the first. 
You see, when we rebuke the devil in people and they come out, we've got to fill them with the Holy Spirit because we don't want there to be a gap for the devil to come back again. I remember praying with the woman and uh, she had a trouble with the demon and we prayed. And after we prayed, we prayed that the Holy Spirit would fill her and that she would not be troubled anymore. You see, we don't want to leave a gap for the devil to come again with seven other spirits, and you become worse than you were at first. While he was saying this, a woman in the crowd raised her voice and said to him, Blessed is the womb that bore you and the breast that nursed you. But he said, Blessed rather are those who hear the word of God and obey it. That's Mary. She hears the word of God in Nazareth. And what does she say? Let it be done unto me according to your word. She hears the word of God and does it in Bethlehem and brings forth the Lord Jesus Christ. She hears the word of God at Cana. They have no wine. Do whatever he tells you. She hears the word of God at Calvary. Neath the cross of Jesus stood his mother. Oh, Mary is the blessed one. What about us? Are we blessed? Do we hear the word of God? Do we obey the word of God? That's the question. Do we obey the word of God? And there's no turning back. Once you receive Jesus, once you receive the Holy Spirit, there's no turning back to your old ways, to your own sins. We're conformed and we're transformed by the power of God. You know, I was listening to a preacher the other day and he was talking about we receive Jesus in our heart we've been forgiven for all our sins past present and future so now we can do whatever we want no 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 we receive Jesus and then we're conformed to his will Mary was so perfect and Mary taught us how to love her son and she wears blue because she's the blueprint of how to love Jesus because Mary never did her own will Mary only lived from the will of God Mary only did what the Lord instructed her to do and you know what was really profound what uh, Mary she just spoke the truth and she trusted God when she when she the angel told Mary that she was going to be overcome by the Holy Spirit, and although she was a virgin, she was going to conceive a child. She didn't try to explain herself to, Jesus, to Joseph. She just told Joseph what ha was happening, and she trusted God with it. And she trusted God. Do we have that faith? I don't have that faith. I'm, God, please infuse that faith into me, that I can just speak forward the truth, and then trust that God's going to work on that person. And God's going to work it out for them. You know, we get in so much angst when we try to, when we're trying to oppose our will on other people. We're trying to convince our people from the own strengths. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to be very simple. Mary said they have no wine. And then she trusted God. She trusted in the goodness of her son that he was going to work it out. And when he said, woman, what does this have to do with me? Now, this is so important. Jesus, son of God, didn't say woman to disrespect his mother. I've heard this so many times that it's so crazy. Jesus said woman because Mary is the new Eve. Mary is the Ark of the Covenant. 
we fell in as a human race by a woman and a man, by Eve and Adam. So Jesus is the head of the human race, and he redeemed the human race. But Mary, God made the new Eve. And what did he do? What did Mary do? When Jesus said that, he didn't, she didn't try to convince Jesus or nag Jesus. She looked right at the servants and says, do whatever he tells you. Because she had a revelation of the goodness of God. She had a revelation that Jesus was her son and there is not a need in your life that Jesus doesn't want to attend to. There's not the littlest faction in your heart that Jesus doesn't want to heal. There's nothing going on in your life that is too big for Jesus. And you know, when it comes to purity and looking at the thing, when we pray, when we pray the rosary, Jesus has infused so many graces in his blessed mother. And we receive that purity. We receive the graces. We receive the purity of Mary as we, as we pray the rosary and reflect upon her life. The devil knew he could never eliminate Jesus from this world. He knew he could never eliminate the word of God. But what the devil did know he could do, that he could re remove avenues of graces in which we become sanctified. He came against the Eucharist. He knew he could come against confession. He knew he could come against the Blessed Mother. He knew he could come against the church Jesus started. And he could, knew he could divide the body. So instead of there being one unified church, there's 40,000 churches all fighting amongst each other. Now, I love it because I, me and Father, we go to lots of evangelical churches. We are all the body of Christ. I love everyone who believes in the Lord. We are all one family, and we're all being sanctified together, and we're all united in the kingdom of God. But the thing is, is there is truth, and there's absolute truth. And the biggest truth there is, is that the devil is at absolute war with the mother of God. And it breaks Jesus' heart when we don't honor Mary and give her the place that not she gave to herself, but that Jesus gave to her. That Jesus gave to her. When, when God created our blessed mother... He displaced the devil. She displaced the devil as the most beautiful and powerful created being there ever was. The devil always knew that Jesus was God. And he was the creator and the devil was created. But when the devil found out that he was no longer the most powerful, most beautiful created being, that Jesus was dis in the creation of the Blessed Mother, it was going to be displaced and that she would have the authority to stomp on him. From that day on, there's been enmity between Mary and the devil. There's been enmity between us. And there's been a war, not only on the church which Jesus founded, not only on the sacraments he instituted, but on his blessed mother, because Mary teaches us how to love the Lord as, as people. The Holy Spirit gives us a sanctification. But Mary is a blueprint. As a human being, Mary was fully human. She was born without sin and she lived without doing her own will. But she was few, fully human like you and me. And she teaches us how to get to her son. It's all about the son. Mary's all about the son. Right. The saints are all about the son. It's all about Jesus. I don't know what you're looking at, but it's all about Jesus. 
Your life is all about Jesus. Are you looking at Jesus? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look straight in his glorious face and the cares of the world. They will all disappear in the warmth of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let it be done unto me according to your word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Be persistent in your prayer. Continue to ask the Lord. Knock, seek, and you'll find, and it'll be opened. God bless you. This has been In Season and Out of Season with Father Tom DiLorenzo. A tape of this week's series of messages is available to you with a donation when you write to this new address, Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. Please make a note of it. And remember that this ministry is supported only by the donations of listeners, so please help as the Lord leads you. That new address again is Father Tom DiLorenzo, P.O. Box 602, East Boston, Mass., 02128. And be sure to listen again next time for In Season and Out of Season. Oh.